Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the First in Orange podcast sponsored by sportsbetting.com. Head to sportsbetting.com slash post for a new player offer. 100% risk-free week of betting up to $1,000. And we got a loaded show for you here today ahead of the Broncos week nine road showdown in Atlanta. Broncos looking to get back to 500 for the first time since week 13 of 2018. So been a while since the Broncos have been at the 500 hump and uh, they're a four point underdog in this road showing against the Falcons. We're going to be giving you some updates from practice this week. Who's been practicing specifically today, Thursday, the COVID news of the week, who will take Shelby Harris's snaps. If he can't go in the D line, go a little bit into more of the COVID procedures and closing facilities around the NFL with the Broncos and why teams are closing facilities with a single test. And then we'll look at Jerry Judy. He had a season high yards last week. Is that the start of something for the rookie wideout? Some first half woes. How do you fix them? And defensive challenges against the Falcons. So Ryan, my esteemed colleague, and I'm Kyle Newman, by the way, folks. I don't think I introduced myself properly at the start of the show. Ryan O'Halloran, my esteemed colleague, joining me as usual. And Ryan, you're the man with the plan to practice as usual. You're out there at UC Health Center today. What'd you see? And give us some uh, health updates for these Broncos. Yeah. Uh, right now, as we tape this, it's 3.30 local time. And so I haven't seen an official injury report yet, but AJ Boye, cornerback, still in the concussion protocol. He wasn't out there. Deontay Spencer, returner, shoulder, he wasn't out there. So he's trending toward a third missed game. Um, a ripple effect of the Boye injury is they promoted Kevin Tolliver from the practice squad during practice. So that, that is some insurance there, plus they had the roster spot. But uh, better news on uh, Phil Lindsay and Bryce Callahan. Uh, they'll probably be listed as limited. And then Tim Patrick, after missing the Sunday's game against Chargers hamstring, he was out there going pretty hard during those individual drills when the media was watching. So uh, that's your health report. we got to get a dang sponsor in this health report. Anybody like medical want to call us? Yeah, we'll we'll put the uh, sales team on that for sure. But for now, sportsbetting.com, uh, check them out. And as I mentioned, sportsbetting.com slash post for a new player offer at We Sports Betting on Twitter. And Ryan, you mentioned Tim Patrick going pretty hard in individual drills. That's a pretty good sign for Drew Locke, for Broncos fans, after he missed uh, last week with that hamstring injury. And, and last week at Saturday's practice is a pretty light practice, but he was basically not doing anything. So pretty clear T leaves. He wasn't going to play on Sunday against the Chargers, but to get him back, and he's been a pretty good fill-in for Cortland Sutton after Sutton went down with a season-ending knee injury would be huge for Drew Locke and co. Yeah, and you know, as Vic Fangio said on Monday, you know, Vic this year has sort of erred on the side of caution in terms of holding guys maybe out an extra week. You know, he did that with Locke and Lindsey. Uh, when, when Philip had the to toe. So right. I think what, what Dick was looking at is, okay, you're not 100%. We don't want to put you out there and you have a setback and you miss a month. So, you know, get right and then you have a game come up against Atlanta. So I think that if, if Tim is active on Sunday, I think that plan worked out well. And as I mentioned in the intro, COVID news of the week, Shelby Harris being placed on the COVID-19 restricted list earlier this week. And he that means he either had contact with someone or had coronavirus himself. In this case, he had contact with someone. He's been testing negative, but Vic Fangio said again today, Ryan, no guarantees that he's going to play on Sunday. And, and that's kind of a wait-and-see situation from what it sounds like. Yeah, and here's the tough part about this COVID stuff in terms of the NFL is you can't – it feels like it's a moving target. And, okay, if Shelby tested negative – Yesterday, 
Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Is he, he should be allowed to get on the plane and play, right? Well, I don't know. And that's where it's confusing and it's, it's tough to get some answers on that. If Shelby can't go, that's obviously a big miss because you're looking at your week one defensive line, Casey out, Purcell out, Harris sideline. But what that does provide is an opportunity for other younger guys. And two of the guys you're writing about later this week, Kyle, are Draymond Jones and Demarcus Walker, both defensive ends. Uh, what have you made of their return from IR, and what did Draymond specifically say today about uh, taking on a bigger role? Well, Draymond realizes you know the onus on himself and Demarcus and the Williams guys up front as well. It's going to be a big ask of them with Purcell out for the season, with Jarrell Casey out for the season, and now obviously this issue with Shelby Harris with COVID. Uh, it's going to be a big ask of these guys. And, you know, I think they've been settling in these last couple weeks as they got back from IR and Jones and Walker missing extended time, uh, three games, I believe, on IR with respective injuries. So to get them back when they did was huge for the Broncos and now even more huge with some of the things that have happened since, a.k.a. Purcell and now Harris potentially being unavailable. So those guys are going to have to continue to you know play higher than their pay grade, so to speak. And with Draymond Jones specifically, he talked about having to be better against the run, and that was a point of emphasis heading into the season. And he admitted, hey, I, I still got to you know, hone in on that going forward here the last half of the season because he's got to get a, he's got to get better there, Ryan. And you know, for Demarcus Walker, he's playing for a contract. The right. rookie deal is up after the year. Um, Draymond Jones, second year guy. I think Draymond's you know objective here for the last half of the season is show the Broncos you can start being every down guy in 2021, and that that should be his goal as a pass rusher. I think he's there. But as he's admitted, you know, uh, playing the run defense in a new scheme compared to Ohio State did take take some time. And, you know, when he got hurt in week two, it was a big blow because they were counting on him. They thought he had a great camp, and, you know, he had bad luck. It's Michael Ojemudia, the corner, you know, ran it, you know, dove into him, uh, friendly fire when he was trying to tackle a Steelers running back. So, uh, big opportunity for Jones and Walker. I would expect Sylvester Williams to start at nose tackle, Deshaun Williams at one end, Draymond Jones at the other end, but Demarcus Walker will get um, a lot of run. So let's talk about this point spread real quick, brought to you by sportsbetting.com. The Broncos, where's the respect? They're a four-point road underdog going against two and six Atlanta with an inter- interim coach looking to get back to 500 for the first time since week 13 of 2018. Um, what's your over-unders right now from sportsbetting.com for the Broncos? Over-unders right now, Drew Locke, 241.5 passing yards, Noah Fant, 47 and a half receiving yards. Remember, he's still dealing with that ankle issue uh, from a couple weeks ago. Philip Lindsay coming off the first game back from the concussion against Kansas City. He's over under for 62 and a half rushing yards. And the Broncos team total, 22 and a half points, Ryan. And hey, of course, they're not going to go 23 because the Broncos, it's, it's tough to crack that. Although they did that last week in the comeback win. Uh, so I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that. So what do you make of those odds right now, Ryan? With Drew Locke, 241.5, I would bet the under. With that, 47.5, I would bet the under. Philip Lindsay, 62.5 rushing yards. I would bet the over because Philip is rolling right now with these big, big rushing gains. You know, all it takes is a 20-yarder and a 17-yarder, and you're halfway to that to that 62.5 mark. Uh, Broncos team total of 22.5 points. I, I, I'd be pounding I'd be the over on that one. Atlanta's had trouble stopping some teams this year. Um, I do think it's going to be a high-scoring game. So, you know, whatever the over-under is, uh, I, I'd be prepared to bet the over as well. Um, 
One more prop I was trying I was gonna set you up on. Over under six and a half wins. I'm taking the over. I think yeah. uh I think this team's surging. I mean there's definitely a couple guaranteed losses on their schedule the rest of the way. I think Kansas City and Buffalo fall in that category, but I'm taking the over. I think this team definitely gets the seven wins, if not eight or nine, and in, in, into wild card contention. Yeah, I attend. I'd put, put a couple quarters on the over right now too, because you know they're just about halfway to that total. And if they beat Atlanta, they're four and four at the break or at the uh, halfway point. I would, you know, definitely bet the over uh, as well, because I mean you got to basically win three out of your last five. So. Um, I thought that number may be a little higher, but uh, I guess it, it would definitely generate some interest. Again, folks, the first in Orange podcast sponsored by sportsbetting.com, the best price on the Broncos point spread anywhere. I'm Kyle Newman, joined by my colleague Ryan O'Halloran. Give sportsbetting.com a follow on Twitter at WeSportsBetting. And we're previewing all things Broncos leading into the Week 9 game in Atlanta. Broncos looking to get back to 500 at 4-4. Four and four. And we mentioned the COVID news with Shelby Harris this week. Obviously, last week, Broncos had COVID issues with Graham Glasgow going on the COVID restricted list. They had to cancel Friday practice, move it to Saturday. Uh, this week they started off, practice got canned. Ryan, what's the scoop there? I mean, why are teams closing facilities with a single test? Is that all it takes? And then why are they coming back, I guess, the next day? You know, I'd assume they'd have to have no positive tests to come back the next day as, as the Broncos did today on Thursday. Yeah, it's interesting. It's an interesting storyline. You know, I asked around about that on Wednesday. And basically, it has more to do with the contact tracing than the positive test. So bear with me. Let's say San Francisco, for example, yesterday had a positive test, but they closed their facility. Well, that that, that uh, means they had a lot of people within contact with the positive test player. As you saw, they placed several players on the COVID list. Last week, the Broncos had a positive test with Glasgow. Uh, the NFL told them, you can practice. But Vic Fangio said, hey, let's take a step back. Get everybody tested, make sure everybody's good. Austin Schlotman, DeMar Dotson tested negative from contact tracing. They were able to play in the game. So it's not, it's just as much to do with how many people were around the positive tested person as it does the number of positive tests. That said, the Broncos decided not to practice on Wednesday. It was telling to me that Dick did not say that was his call. I think the NFL got involved because, as their top doc said on Tuesday, it is a concern. You know, cases are spiking here in Denver. Uh, the Broncos have had a run of tests. Fortunately for the team, is that it's just been one player, Graham Glasgow, uh, and they've only had two players since camp started. That will keep the train moving. You know, all the people will say, "Well, if John Elway got it. They should postpone games. They should shut down. Give me a break." John Elway would be the first guy to say, hey, "I'll be at home cheering my team on." And so I think you know. These these tests for these coaches and, and executives are in a totally different realm as it positives for the players. Can folks first in Orange podcast sponsored by sportsbetting.com. Head to sportsbetting.com slash post for a new player offer, 100% risk-free week of betting up to $1,000. Moving along with the football chatter here, hey, Jerry Judy, the much-hyped rookie wide receiver, set a season high with receiving yards last last week with four catches for 73 yards. He's got 23 receptions for 359 on the year and just that one touchdown coming against the Jets when he mossed the Jets cornerback. So, is this the start of something bigger for Jerry Judy? I feel like we've been saying that here for a couple weeks now. Um, 
But now I think maybe even more so, especially if Tim Patrick can't go or isn't full strength against Atlanta. Yeah, and uh, the Broncos should be encouraged by Jerry's game against the Chargers. He had a couple big plays, but also a couple miscommunications with Drew Locke. They got to get those hammered out. Uh, but your know, receiver in this league is is a big transition from the college game, even though Jerry Judy did play in the SEC. Is he going to be 100 yards every week? No, but he should be targeted 8 to 10 times every game. That should be a part of the game plan without having Drew Locke force the football to him. So create matchups, get him on some of those over routes where he can do some stuff after the catch. So if uh, Patrick comes back, that may impact Jerry's touches a little bit, but I I would make sure if I'm the play caller, Pat Sherman, that it does not. Again, folks, First and Orange podcast sponsored by sportsbetting.com, talking Jerry Judy and more. Broncos football talk here on this week's show and also I wrote about this earlier this week on DenverPost.com Ryan but the Broncos have got to get it going in the first half especially if they want to be a bona fide wild card contender I mean what they did against Los Angeles this past week is just not going to get it done down the stretch Denver ranks third worst in first half points scored with just 61 pretty far off the league average of 97 and I mean Vic Fangio said it's not an issue of mindset but what is it an issue of? Because, I mean, there's there's lots to say about the disparity and how the Broncos have played in the first half and the second half and, and several of their games this season and three of their four losses. Yeah, I thought the first half against L.A. was pathetic on offense, and I think it was too conservative, whether that's – was that a big Fangio mandate saying, hey, let's lean on our defense, lean on our running game, and then, you know, keep it close. Well, that didn't work out for the Broncos. Um how I would fix it, you know, the easy thing to say is go to huddle, pick up the tempo. And even Pat Schirmer said on Thursday, that's a common narrative because it, it is, and he's right. I'll be Pat in the middle. I say let's sprinkle it in a little bit and say, hey, if you get that first first down, then you can go no huddle. And because the fear for play callers is you go three and out, your defense has to go right back on the field. So it's got to be, it's got to be situation friendly. It can't be right after the defense is on the field for twelve plays. They need their break. So um, that would be one thing. I mean, Vic has tried taking the football first. He did against Kansas City. He cited the weather, but I think he just wanted to spark. Maybe I'd do that again on the road at Atlanta. But, you know, you can't keep pulling rabbits out of your hat down 24-3. That's going to happen once once a year, maybe once every five years. So I think that has to be a focus of the Broncos this weekend. Hey, my last thing on maybe a faster start, how about a trick play? Not that Melvin Gordon flea flicker, that one should be put in the closet for good, but something that, that, that that's an unscouted look to give you a chunk play. Well, and especially this Sunday, Ryan, in Atlanta against, yes, a 2-6 and six Falcons team that's had plenty of turmoil already this year, sacking the coach and GM four games in after the 0-4 start. But they do have a very potent passing attack behind Matt Ryan. And Calvin Ridley, he missed his second practice this week already, so he's obviously questionable for the game. But Julio Jones is, a, is an obvious game-breaker, and they really have to contain him. And that's a, a tall task for the Broncos' secondary and probably – A.J. Boye. Yeah, if Boye doesn't play, then what? Uh, if St. Bassey was the nickel early in the season, he was replaced by Devontae Bosby, who got cut and signed with everyone's practice squad because he'd had enough at Denver. Julio's one of the best receivers in football. The reason, Part of the reason why the Falcons have such great passing stats is they haven't played from behind. So put him, make them play from behind. That allows your pass rush to maybe get to Matt Ryan a little bit. 
Hayden Hurst as a tight end. I think he's probably a little overrated, but he, he bears he bears watching. So, um, you know, the first half stuff until they until they prove they can do it better in the first half, it's going to be a storyline. Right. Again, folks, first in Orange podcast sponsored by sportsbetting.com. That's Ryan O'Halloran. This is Kyle Newman bringing you a packed show here today, previewing Broncos at Falcons. And from our friends over at sportsbetting.com, they've got some prop bets on whether the Broncos will make the playoffs. Yes, plus 600. No, minus 1,000. And these odds imply a 91% chance the Broncos won't make the playoffs. Ryan, what do you make of these odds? Are they too high? Are they too low? Would you put some shekels down? Um, I, I would not, not on no because at minus thousand, you're not going to win a lot of money. It's, it's, it's not a great play. Um, yes, I would at six plus six hundred. I'd put a couple bucks down because you know if the Broncos win Sunday, they're four and four. Everything is in front of them. Stranger things have happened. Are they a playoff team right now? No, they're they have several teams in front of them in addition to the top seven. But you win. Uh, Sunday, you make things interesting, and that's always a nice little betting slip to have because plus six hundred would be a nice little bonus on the old Christmas tree come New Year's and Christmas, of course. But um, to wrap this up, let's go to some keys of the game. You know, for me, we've talked about the first half, we've talked about the Atlanta offense, but you know what? What I think you've got to do as a Denver defense, if you don't have Boye, is you're going to play a lot of zone, you're going to rush a lot of four guys, four man rush. So that means create a couple turnovers, give your offense a short field. And how about winning the turnover battle for a second straight game? I think those are a couple of keys. I picked the Broncos to win coming up in Sunday's paper. Uh, what's your take on this matchup, Kyle? Yeah, I think, like you just said, the turnover battle is crucial. I mean, Denver's tied for 30th with a minus seven turnover margin, tied for 30th with 11 interceptions thrown. That's partly on Drew Locke these past few weeks since he came back from the shoulder injury. Oh, and also the Broncos rank 23rd with just eight takeaways. So they have to be better there, especially against the Falcons team, who is probably going to air it out quite a bit, even if they don't get behind early, I'd imagine. And also in in terms of the Falcons game, I think the Broncos secondary is the, is the huge key there as well, especially if Boye can't go. Ojemudie, Bryce Callahan, etc. They're going to have to pick up the slack and, and really keep Matt Ryan and all his weapons at bay and the Falcons from racking up those big plays through the air. Again, folks, this is the First in Orange podcast sponsored by sportsbetting.com. This is sports writer Kyle Newman alongside Ryan O'Halloran. We appreciate you listening in to today's show. Be sure to head to sportsbetting.com slash post for their new player offer and give them a follow on Twitter at we sports betting and of course head to denverpost.com slash broncos for continued coverage of the team throughout the rest of the season ryan you and i both picked the broncos to win this sunday on the road so hopefully they back us up and hey make our job a little more interesting right week by week you know, I mean, you know from our perspective as long as you hang around front wired you're interesting and so the Broncos have done that by winning three of those four. Now it's time to get back to 500. First in Orange podcast sponsored by sportsbetting.com. Appreciate you listening in to the show. Until next time, folks, take it easy. <laughs>